Episode number 167, and specifically, it's a Whisperpedia episode focused on armor, the mostly the type used for military personnel and military vehicles. If you're a new listener, then welcome to my whispers. Each week, I rotate through one of five types of episodes to calm those overactive squirrels in your brain. These include storytime episodes, chat episodes, badge episodes, fade-out episodes, and tonight you'll hear a Whisperpedia episode which means that I've selected an interesting Wikipedia article and I'll be reading it to you. In prior episodes, I've read Wikipedia articles about lucid dreaming, Bob Ross, mystery of UD, sleep, Easter Island, cashmere goats, Klondike Cold Rush, Miracle Fruit, Chinchillas, Pyramids, Black Holes, The Gilligan's Island TV Show, The Deep Sea, Outer Space, The Burning Man Festival, Melatonin, Mythology, Marco Polo, Buddhism, and just Lots of stuff. If you'd like to listen to all my prior Whisperpedia episodes, then click the link in the show notes of this episode or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. Alright, why did I choose armor for tonight's Whisperpedia? from a listener's suggestion. Etta suggested a couple topics, including Lord Byron and armor. So I, I first checked out Lord Byron, and the Wikipedia page for Lord Byron was really long, so it would have been too much. I wasn't sure which parts to pick out to make it the most interesting. I then went to the Armor Wikipedia page, and I figured that one was going to be super long also. But it turned out to be a perfect length. And I thought, 
was very interesting because I do find anything related to strategy, tactics, discoveries, and inventions to be super interesting and armor is all of those. Now, when you hear the term armor, you may think of a, a, a bold medieval knight in shining armor, but really armor is everywhere. So bicycle helmets, uh, hard hats, um, steel-toed shoes, sports helmets, Pads worn by athletes for lots of sports like hockey, lacrosse, American football, uh, the chest protection worn by baseball catchers, and there's also chest protection worn by bull riders, and of course bulletproof vests worn by the police and I guess bulletproof windows kind of fit into a type of armor. Well, those are just a few examples. This article that I'm going to read does mostly focus on military armor, though. The, the type worn by people and type placed on vehicles. Here is what you'll learn about in this Whisperpedia episode. What is the word origin of armor? What was the first material to be used as armor? What other important technologies were developed due to the quest for armor? Armor was the single most influential factor in the development of what very well-known item? What civilization is credited with the invention of chain mail? And it may initially surprise you until you think of the symbols associated with that civilization. How did armor affect the selective breeding of horses? You might actually be able to guess this one. There was body armor made available for soldiers in the American Civil War, but why did most soldiers decide not to use it? What country built the first ironclad battleship? What war had the most intensive use of armored trains? And I'll finish this episode with the current use of military armor. Now, 
has been used throughout recorded history. It's been made from a variety of materials, beginning with the use of leathers or fabrics as protection, and evolving through mail and metal plate into today's modern composites. For much of military history, the manufacture of metal personal armor has dominated the technology and employment of armor. Armor drove the development of many important technologies of the ancient world, including wood lamination, mining, metal refining, vehicle manufacturing, leather processing, and later decorative metalworking. Its production was influential in the Industrial Revolution and further commercial development of metallurgy and engineering. Armor was the single most influential factor in the development of firearms, which in turn revolutionized warfare. Significant factors in the development of armor include the economic and technological necessities of its production. For instance, plate armor first appeared in medieval Europe when water-powered trip hammers made the formation of plates faster and cheaper. Also, modern militaries usually don't equip their forces with the best armor available because it would be too expensive. At times, the development of armor has paralleled the development of increasingly effective weaponry on the battlefield, with armorers seeking to create better protection without sacrificing mobility. Several armor types were used throughout European history, including full steel plate harnesses worn by later medieval and Renaissance knights, and breast and back plates worn by heavy cavalry in several European countries until the first year of World War I. The samurai warriors of feudal Japan utilized many types of armor for hundreds of years up to the 19th century. Dorsal armor and helmets were manufactured in Japan as early as the 4th century. Pre-samurai types of early Japanese armor constructed from iron plates connected together by leather thongs were worn by foot soldiers and horsemen. Japanese lamellar armor passed through Korea and reached Japan around the 5th century 
these early Japanese lamellar armors took the form of a sleeveless jacket, leggings, and a helmet. Armor didn't always cover all the body. Sometimes no more than a helmet and leg plates were worn. The rest of the body was generally protected by means of a large shield. Examples of armies equipping their troops in this fashion were the Aztecs. In East Asia, many types of armor were commonly used at different times by various cultures, including scale armor, lamellar armor, laminar armor, plated mail, mail, plate armor, and brigandine. Around the dynastic Tang, Song, and early Ming period, torso armor styles were also used, with more elaborate versions for officers in war. The Chinese during that time used partial plates for important body parts instead of covering the whole body since too much plate armor hinders their martial arts movement. The other body parts were covered in cloth, leather, lamellar, or mounting pattern. In pre-Kin dynasty times, leather armor was made out of various animals, including sometimes rhinoceros, male, sometimes called chain mail, was made of interlocking iron rings, and is believed to have appeared sometime around 300 BC. Its invention is credited to the Celts. The Romans are thought to have adopted their design. Gradually, small additional plates or discs of iron were added to the chain mail to protect vulnerable areas. Hardened leather and splinted construction were used for arm and leg pieces. The coat of plates was developed, which is an armor made of large plates sewn inside a textile or leather coat. The next section focuses on the personal armor in the 13th century Europe to the present day. Early plate armor in Italy and elsewhere in the 13th to 15th century was made of iron. Iron armor could be carburized or case hardened to give a surface of harder steel. Plate armor became cheaper than male armor by the 15th century because it required a lot less labor. Chain mail 
continued to be used to protect those joints which could not be adequately protected by plate armor, such as the armpit, crook of the elbow, and the groin. Another advantage of plate armor was that a lance arrest could be fitted to the breastplate. This small skull cap evolved into a bigger true helmet as it was lengthened downward to protect the back of the neck and the sides of the head. Additionally, several new forms of fully enclosed helmets were introduced in the late 14th century. Probably the most recognized style of armor in the world became the plate armor associated with the knights of the European late Middle Ages, but continuing to the early 17th century, age of enlightenment in all European countries. By about 1400, the full harness of plate armor had been developed in armories of Lombardy. Heavy cavalry dominated the battlefield for centuries, in part because of their armor. In the early 15th century, advances in weaponry allowed infantry to defeat armored knights on the battlefield. The quality of the metal used in armor deteriorated as armies became bigger and armor was made thicker, necessitating the breeding of larger cavalry horses. During the 14th to 15th centuries, armor seldom weighed more than 15 kilograms, but by the late 16th century, it weighed 25 kilograms. The increasing weight and thickness of late 16th century armor therefore gave substantial resistance. In the early years of low-velocity firearms, full suits of armor, or breastplates, actually did stop bullets fired from a modest distance. Crossbow bolts, if still used, would seldom penetrate good plate, nor would any bullets unless fired from close range. In effect, rather than making plate armor obsolete, the use of firearms stimulate the development of plate armor into its later stages. For most of that period, it allowed a horseman to fight without being easily killed. Full suits of armor were actually worn by generals and princely commanders right up to the second decade of the 18th century. It was the only way they could be mounted and survey the overall battlefield with safety from distant musket fire. The horse was afforded protection from lances and infantry weapons by steel plate barding. This gave the horse protection and also enhanced the visual impression 
of a mounted knight. Gradually, starting in the mid-16th century, one plate element after another was discarded to save weight for foot soldiers. Back and breastplates continued to be used throughout the entire period of the 18th century and through Napoleonic times. In many European heavy cavalry units until the early 20th century. From their introduction, muskets could pierce plate armor, so cavalry had to be far more mindful of their fire. In Japan, armor continued to be used until the end of the samurai era, with the last major fighting in which armor was used happening in 1868. Samurai armor had one last short-lived use in 1877 during the Satsuma Rebellion. Though the age of the knight was over, armor continued to be used in many capacities. Soldiers in the American Civil War bought iron and steel vests from peddlers. Both sides had considered but rejected body armor for standard issue. The effectiveness of the vests varied widely. Some successfully deflected bullets and saved lives, but others were poorly made and resulted in tragedy for the soldiers. In any case, the vests were abandoned by many soldiers due to their weight on long marches, as well as the stigma they got for being cowards from their fellow troops. At the start of World War I, thousands of French cavalry rode out to engage the German cavalry. By that period, the shiny armor plate was covered in dark paint and a canvas wrap covered their elaborate Napoleonic-style helmets. Their armor was meant to protect only against sabers and light lances. The cavalry had to become aware of high-velocity rifles and machine guns, unlike the foot soldiers, who at least had a trench to protect them. Today, ballistic vests also known as flat jackets, are made of ballistic cloth, such as Kevlar, and ceramic or metal plates, which are common amongst police forces, security staff, corrections officers, and some branches of the military. The U.S. Army has adopted Interceptor body armor, which uses enhanced small arm protective inserts in the chest, sides, and back of the armor, and each plate is rated to stop a specific range of ammunition. The 
last section will focus on vehicle armor, and this will include armor for ships, tanks, trains, wheeled vehicles, and aircraft. The first modern production technology for armor plating was used by navies in the construction of the ironclad warship, reaching its pinnacle of development with the battleship. The first tanks were produced during World War I. Aerial armor has been used to protect pilots and aircraft systems since the First World War. In modern ground forces usage, the meaning of armor has expanded to include the role of troops in combat. After the evolution of armored warfare, mechanized infantry were mounted in armored fighting vehicles and replaced the light infantry in many situations. In modern armored warfare, armored units equipped with tanks and infantry fighting vehicles serve the historic role of both the battle cavalry, light cavalry, and dragoons, and belong to the armored branch. The first ironclad battleship with iron armor over a wooden hull was launched by the French Navy in 1859, prompting the British Royal Navy to build one also. The following year they launched HMS Warrior, which was twice the size and had iron armor over an iron hull. After the first battle between two ironclads took place in 1862 during the American Civil War, it became clear that the ironclad had replaced the unarmored line of battleship as the most powerful warship afloat. Ironclads were designed for several roles, including as high seas battleships, coastal defense ships, and long-range cruisers. The rapid evolution of warship design in the late 19th century transformed the ironclad vessel which carried sails to supplement steam engines into the steel-built turreted battleships and cruisers familiar in the 20th century. This change was pushed forward by the development of heavier naval guns, more sophisticated steam engines, and advances in metallurgy, which made steel shipbuilding possible. The ironclads of the 1880s carried some of the heaviest guns ever mounted at sea. The rapid pace of change in the ironclad period meant that many ships were obsolete 
as soon as they were complete, and that naval tactics were in a state of flux. Many ironclads were built to make use of the ram or the torpedo, which a number of naval designers considered the crucial weapons of naval combat. There is no clear end to the ironclad period, but towards the end of the 1890s, the term ironclad dropped out of use. New ships were increasingly constructed to a standard pattern and designed battleships or armored cruisers. Armored trains saw use during the 19th and 20th centuries in multiple wars, including the American Civil War, World War I, and World War II. The most intensive use of armored trains was during the Russian Civil War of 1918-1920. Armored cars were also developed and saw use during World War I and World War II. Ancient siege engines were usually protected by wooden armor, often covered with wet hides or thin metal to prevent them from being easily burned. Medieval war wagons were horse-drawn wagons were similarly armored. These contained guns or crossbowmen that could fire through gun slits. The first modern armored fighting vehicles, or armored cars, developed around 1900. These started as ordinary wheeled motor cars protected by iron shields typically mounting a machine gun. During World War I, the stalemate of trench warfare on the Western Front spurred the development of the tank. It was envisioned as an armored machine that could advance under fire from enemy rifles and machine guns and respond with its own heavy guns. It utilized caterpillar tracks cross ground broken up by shell fire and trenches. With the development of effective anti-aircraft artillery in the period before the Second World War, military pilots, once the Knights of the Air during the First World War, became far more vulnerable to ground fire. As a response, armor plating was added to aircraft to protect the aircrew and vulnerable areas such as the fuel tanks and the engine. Tank armor has progressed from the Second World War armor forms, now incorporating not only harder composites, but also reactive armor designed to defeat sheep charges. As a result of this, the main battle tank conceived in the Cold War era 
can survive multiple RPG strikes with minimal effect on the crew or the operation of the vehicle. The light tanks that were their last descendants of the light cavalry during the Second World War have almost completely disappeared from the world's militaries. This was due to increased lethality of the weapons available to the vehicle-mounted infantry. The armored personnel carrier was devised during World War I. It allows the safe and rapid movement of infantry in a combat zone, minimizing casualties and maximizing mobility. These carriers are fundamentally different from the previously used armored half-tracks in that they offer a higher level of protection from artillery burst fragments and greater mobility in more terrain types. The basic carrier design was substantially expanded to an infantry fighting vehicle when properties of an armored personnel carrier and a light tank were combined into one vehicle. Naval armor has fundamentally changed from the Second World War doctrine of thicker plating to defend against shells, bombs, and torpedoes. Passive defense naval armor is limited to Kevlar or steel, either single layer or as spaced armor, protecting particularly vital areas from the effects of nearby impacts. Since ships can't carry enough armor to completely prevent penetration by anti-ship missiles, they depend more on destroying an incoming missile before it hits, or causing it to miss its target. Although the role of the ground attack aircraft significantly diminished after the Korean War, it re-emerged during the Vietnam War. In recognition of this, the U.S. Air Force authorized the design and production of what became the A-10 dedicated anti-armor and ground attack aircraft that first saw action in the Gulf War. This concludes the Whisperpedia episode I hope you are.